Hello, everyone. This is Bill Apter, and I just finished taping an episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, or Tyler and Mike. They're brilliant hosts. You've got to listen. You've got to see. Count it out. Yeah, I endorse it. They've got the after chat seal of approval. Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Penzer, former WCW and Impact ring announcer, and you are listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals. Welcome to another edition of the oh, Bill After oh. Sealed of Approved. Count it out with Mike and Tyler. I am Tyler. I am joined by Sleeping Beauty over here. Uh, the man who might have had too many mojitos, I guess, or he's just having too much fun. Mojito Mike, wake the fuck up! <laughs> am I boring you? Uh, uh, no, it's not your week for showtime. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I see how it's going to be. I see how it's going to be. I, I'm i sorry. I am very tired. It's been a week. Uh, man, the longest five days of my life. Uh, just a lot going on, both personally and, and, and then the work shit. And then I uh, took a quote-unquote relaxing weekend with my family in Niagara Falls that was not relaxing um so yeah I'm, I'm fucking tired but i'm still i'm still pumped i'm uh, i'm i'm good to go i'm uh, excited to do the show today because uh you know we're we're gonna we're gonna talk some cool stuff we're gonna talk some survivor series today uh, yeah not only with my hypothetical situation that i got in store today but of course your list which i'm looking forward to uh, top seven uh debuts to happen at the survivor series yeah i'm looking forward to that and we got uh, a few notes to talk about today. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's get into some wrestling. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Wrestling's been, uh, uh, wrestling has not been my priority the last few weeks. And I'm a little disappointed by that. Because wrestling, there's a lot this week. GCW had three great shows. And I didn't even get to catch them all. I have them all. I'm ready to, to, to keep going through them. I haven't watched them all, though, unfortunately. Um, so hopefully I'll be caught up on them so I can talk about them next week. AEW had what I'm hearing is a stellar pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Um, I watch um, most of it actually. I, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get your review on it in a second. Um, but what I heard about it has been good. Um, hangman, I guess we don't have to worry about spoilers at this point. Um, hangman page walks away with the championship, which I'm happy about. Jay Lethal uh, uh, makes his debut. Good for him. Um, yeah, you're not happy about you know? that, eh? I just said good for him. I know, but I know you're upset that he's not going to be at final battle. He put that out there. Today. Yeah, yeah, I'm upset about that. I'm I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm not upset. He, he signed with AEW. Dude's got to eat. Dude's got to have a job. Um, but don't give me this bullshit because when I told you. That's bullshit. And there's no such thing as fucking loyalty anymore. There's only one show left and it's a couple of weeks. There's no way he couldn't show up. And you're like, oh, well, the guy needs to have a job. Fuck you if you think that Tony Khan's not going to let him go to final battle. That's bullshit and you know it. Maybe he doesn't want to go to final battle. That's my problem. He Maybe he's upset that they battle. released him. And, okay, who released him? The fans? The fans that have fucking been loyal to him for the last how many years? That's who he owes this to. Not not to Sinclair. Fuck Sinclair. He owes it to the people that he's fucking over now with this final battle pay-per-view. Maybe That's Tony Khan doesn't say. want him to go, maybe. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe. If if Jay said to him, hey, I'd love to sign with you, but I still got one more show, no fucking way is Tony Khan going to say, no, 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 don't do that. With his track record of letting all these dudes do fucking other gigs... No fucking way is he not led Jay Lethal going to uh, going to final battle, especially knowing that it's it's not like it's competition to him. <laughs> ROH is not competition to AEW at this at this point in the game, nor will it be. So I, mean, I don't I don't believe that for one second. 
I'm fine with Jay not being there. He's, you know, he's done. Of course it all. you are. You don't watch it. You're not a fan like I am. Well, I am a fan I, of Jay Lethal, and the reason why I'm fine yeah, with it is because Jay Lethal probably had one of the biggest moments of his career coming out to AEW. The reaction that he got from that's the biggest audience that he's been in front of. Let's let's be real here, and yeah. the respect that that fan base showed him. I'd be putting all my energy towards that right now as well. Sure. You know why risk the injury? We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to agree because we're we're talking about him leaving the company that I love and going to the company that you love. So of course you're going to be all. I love Ring of Honor too. I don't watch it as much. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that I don't love it and want them to succeed though. But um, well, let's let's keep on Ring of Honor for a second. Did you see any of the news coming out of the show on the weekend? Unfortunately, again. Like I said, there's been a ton of wrestling on the weekend. Yeah, I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch this one. No, I did, did you I read it? Up, I, I I did get some shit spoiled for me. Do you want not me to say up. anything or not say anything? Um, go ahead. You sure? Um, yeah, because I I'll, don't know when I'm going to be able to sit down and watch it. How about I foreshadow then? Do you know who the number one contender is going into final battle? No. So, okay. like I said, go go ahead. Just just spoil it for me. I, I really don't care. Well, it's your boy. You're wearing a shirt right now. All right, that makes me happy. He's getting the world title shot at final battle. He beat Brody King at their last show, um, which I think is the right move. I think Gresham is the guy that should be in there. You know, Lethal's, yes. had his, Lethal's had his time. I'm fine with, you know, obviously I think it would have been great if Lethal was the last Ring of Honor world champion. Hey, if it's not going to be Lethal, it should be Gresham. Very, I would be very happy with being Gresham. Again, I think we said this last week, nothing against Bandito whatsoever. But I don't want to be I don't want to be closing a chapter on with Bandino being the last champion. I'm sorry, I just don't what I like about Gresham instead of Lethal in that spot as well is that it leaves the door open for if Ring of Honor does come back, that they'll have a champion that's not signed with another company, right? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So you, you you got Bandito and Gresham. They're not signed anywhere. They're gonna be well, able to still do the shot. Well, not yet, at I least, wouldn't. right? I wouldn't have been mad if Brody King came out on top on here. I mean, I like Brody King. Um, I think Brody King represents ROH in a big way. Um, so I would have been very proud to be like, okay, Brody, Brody King as the last champion, I wouldn't be mad. Jonathan Gresham as the last champion, that's something I'm goddamn proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's phenomenal. I'm very happy about that. Um, I can't wait to see, see the rest see of the show. I didn't. Don't spoil that match. For me. Okay. I won't uh, spoil anything. I'm looking for. I. I. I my. My prediction is I don't expect the Briscoes to drop the titles yet, even though. It no, is no, not the, the not the GCW tag title match. The Ring of oh, Honor title yes, match. Yes, the uh, Ring of Honor tag team championships. I did yeah. see the spoiler on that, um, and I'm very proud of the OGK man. That, that me that's too. awesome for them to most likely. I they'll probably hold on to it till the end. Um, and good for them. Uh, nothing again. Nothing against you know Kenny King and uh, uh, who's the Dragon Lee. Yeah, I think uh, so. you know I, I I love me some Kenny King. I was actually saying to my wife today because my wife's a big Bachelor fan and Ken, Kenny King was on the Bachelorette a couple years ago, and uh, I'm like, well, <laughs> Kenny King's out of a job again. Uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, but uh, I'm very proud of them. Uh, they again represent ROH in a big way, but the CDOGK come out like that um i love mike bennett love matt taven uh both of them were part a big part of the story of our wage in the last year uh, like, like post-covid um on the very first post-covid show taven made his big debut back mm-hmm. you know and then not not long thereafter uh, uh bennett came back with a fire under his ass because he just got let go by by, by wwe and you know they they really they really upped their game in ROH. They really did. Mike Bennett has worked in every major co- uh, company, right? As far as I know, except for except for AEW. But other than AEW, Mike Mike Bennett's worked everywhere. Mike Bennett works the best in Ring of Honor. Yeah, he had a great um, run in Impact Wrestling too. He did. Don't get me wrong, he did, and he could have, if allowed, would have had a great run in WWE. Absolutely. Um, and he did some great stuff in New Japan, did some great stuff all over the world. But he does his best work in Ring of Honor. He loves Ring of Honor. You can tell yeah. he loves Ring of Honor. Yeah, you can see that you know passion I mean? for sure. And uh, last little point about Ring of Honor here. The, as of recording this, we're recording on a Monday night like we always do. Uh, happy birthday, Carrie Silk, and friend of the show. 
Our boy. Love me some carry. You got a couple of things you said you want to talk about this week before we get into your hypothetical. What do you, uh, what do you got on your mind? Well, talking about uh, wrestlers that we respect, I just want to throw it out to, uh, to Jordan Grace. Um, and fortunately, I, I forgot my notes that were in front of me, so I forget the name of the, of the, of, of the, uh, of the promotion. But uh, is a, the, the heavyweight lifting promotion in the world just recognized, um, not didn't just recognize, she won the competition this oh, weekend. Good for her. But she is now recognized as number one, the top female lifter in the world. Wow. Nobody. Is, wow. Yeah. Nobody, no female in the world is better than Jordan Grace right now. And she lift she lifted a total of 905 pounds. Like it. And if you That's my warm-up. <laughs> and if you see her, man, she she's in the best shape of her life. Oh yeah. She looks amazing. She is doing amazing things, um, not only in the professional wrestling world, but in the bodybuilding world, and, and good for her. Um, uh, not bodybuilding, powerlifting. I think that's two very separate things. Yes, it is. Uh, um, but but good for her. I'm so proud to see her succeed in something that she really, really puts her heart into. You know, um, her and uh, we, we did that show on Couples uh, last February. And, you know, I know we, we were doing kayfabe couples, but if we were to do real life couples, man, her and Gresham were the biggest power couple in the world. Oh, yeah, they're those, awesome. Those, those two together, nobody can stop those motherfuckers. There's so much heart in that relationship. Like how they how have much did she lift? 905, Nine. I believe. Wow. If I wanted to do that, I'd, it would take me 20 separate attempts to like, put that <laughs> all together. <laughs> you know, divide that up by 20, I might be able to do it in 20 tries. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. she she's amazing. Um, she's been one of my favorites for years. I I, I talk about her on a regular basis. I might even talk about her. Uh, well, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you might you might have already talked about her yesterday. <laughs> it's gonna be a first ever for uh, Showtime and Mike and Tyler this week too. It's gonna be the first time I'm not drunk on the show. <laughs> it's true. Um, we're gonna talk about Spire Series in a minute. Before we get into the list, you've got a hypothetical. Just real quick, I want to touch on the uh, AEW Full Gear pay per view on, uh, on Saturday. I watch a little bit of. I watch most of it. Cowboy actually. shit. Cowboy yeah. shit. Cowboy shit. I don't know. How I didn't I feel. watch the pay per view. I'm going to. I'm going to watch the pay per view. Yeah, I'd recommend a few I matches for sure. Uh, I have to go back. I missed the opener between Darby and MJF, which is just getting rave reviews from everybody. They said they stole the show. I'll skip that. I, I wasn't really interested in it, but I'm I'm hearing just fantastic things about it. So I don't like either's work. Um, I do think MGF is funny. I think I don't. I just don't think he's a great wrestler. I don't. See, I'm and, with you, but that's why I want to watch this match because I want to see if I'm missing something. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch this one and see if he can change my opinion on him. And I think Darby's extremely overrated. Yeah, I'm like Darby's style is different than what I'm, you know, Darby's not a guy yeah. that I'm drawn to, but no. man, he's got a connection that's real special with the audience. And, and apparently which, he was real said over. something. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, I did watch. I thought it was very good. Uh, they, they were just beating the hell out of each other. Kingston is really starting to win me over as a worker right now. And mm-hmm. I've, I've never been a big Eddie Kingston guy, but the, his work the last two months. Now, basically, ever since him and Moxley started teaming up, I guess, has just been spectacular. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and especially the last month or two, he's been having some great in-ring matches. Now, you know, he's in there with guys like Punk and with Dragon and, and you know, whatever. It's the top-tier guys. But he's pulling his weight in there with those guys. Him and Dragon had a hell of a match a few weeks ago, um, who is also the new number one contender. Dragon won. He beat Miro, which is good. I'm happy about mm-hmm. that. But yeah. yeah, Eddie Kingston held his own. The promo stuff's been great with him. He's a little banged up after the event. Punk got color. Punk was all in. I like the build they had with that with these guys, where basically Kingston was just telling Punk that you've been a dick your whole life. You know, I oh, yeah. I know that you and you know I, I know that you talk shit about me in the dressing rooms. You know, to guys like Joe and and um, Homicide, and he was mentioning all these names and, and Cabana and whatever. And yeah. Punk came back and goes, just to let you know. I wasn't the only one talking shit about you. They all didn't respect you. Like it was, they had a great build. I was really, I thought the match delivered punk went over, which I still think is the right thing to do. I like the little slow build they're doing with him building his way up to bigger competitors every time. 
Um, Brian Danielson, I think, is the right choice to be the number one contender right now, coming after uh, guess will be Hangman Page now. I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, right. And did, did they just throw that whole thing out the window, though? What's Wasn't that? It supposed to be based on a point system and. You know, yeah, they they've kind of let gone loosey goosey on the rankings. Yeah, and, which every wrestling promotion that's ever tried to do it, it happens. I don't know why that people try to do it. It's not a good idea. I like that system. I do. I and I have seen it work. Unfortunately, the only times I've seen it work were in, you know, in the in the leagues that didn't it, nothing else worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I just think why the, can those why can those shitty leagues make 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 it work, but these guys with money can't. It, I weird. I do like that they keep like their win loss records at the bottom. I like that, and I like that they keep tally on that. But I don't like this ranking system because it's meaningless. And I'll go back to when Britt Baker was an among contender, coming off a loss to Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I think it's just it's a work like. And we're, I get it to work, but you can you can make it believable. That's well, what, I, what I was gonna say is because it's because it's a work, they're not following it because they're just gonna book whatever they want. You know, well, what and I mean? that's a, and that's what pisses me off. Yeah. You know, there, there's no one saying working working yourself into a shoot. Sometimes, so, sometimes maybe you can do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But anyways, and I then uh, main event Kenny Omega, who is banged up. He's his shoulder is really bad. He can't lift. Even with it, I was reading today. He's had a bad, bad cases of vertigo for the last couple of years as well, which I didn't know about. Um, wow. He finally uh, put Hangman Page over, long overdue, as people would say. Yep. Here, here's my take on this. I, I'm no problem with Hangman being the world champion. I think that he's the most deserving. The right he's yeah. the, it's the right move, 100. percent It is, and Kenny should be losing to Hangman. I would like to have seen it one more match, though. I would like to have seen Kenny bullshit his way through a win. Well, by and have Hangman. It, I just want to see it, the program it, continue. Okay, but if Kenny's in as bad a shape as yeah. he's saying he is, that's why this, I get it. This, this may have been written the way it is for a reason. Yeah, and Hangman's so over. I, I think that it would have been better. I wish that Hangman didn't take time off. I know he had to for his family, and I respect that. I just think the timing yeah. of the last pay per view, he was hotter than he is now. Yeah. But uh, hey, you know what? I'm really excited to see what he does with the title. You're going to get him and Dragon right off the bat, which is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm all in. I love Hangman Page. Get that Cowboy shit going, man. I won't lie to you. I'm going to be fucking pissed if, uh, if Cowboys are one and done. Yeah, unless they have a story to go behind it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want him to be a one and done either. But we'll see. I, I can't see Dragon becoming the champion, but. I mean, he'd be a great champion, nonetheless. But I think it would be—I think it would be a mistake. To It'd be a waste. Yeah. I think it would. I think it would hurt Hangman, you know. And Dragon doesn't need it. And, and, no. and, and history, as history proves, when you put too much on Dragon, the the uh, the fans turn on him. Which would be great. Could you imagine him as a heel in AEW? God, I'm just getting flashbacks oh. to 06 Ring of Honor. I don't think he needs to be a heel right there, right now. No, I agree. I, it's not the right not time. Right I hope that I wonder if the fans are going to turn on Hangman because that's like a thing, you know what I mean? I can't Probably. see it. I don't know, whatever. Fuck AEW fans, they're the worst. Or <laughs> WWE fans, all fans are the worst. You guys all suck. Yeah, Everyone listening to this, you all suck. Fans. Yeah, I, except I, for I our listeners. The, the what is it? The, the, the counted out crew is the best. Um, all you cocks out there. Yeah, yeah, they're cocks, all right. <laughs> um, okay, so you. You've got a hypothetical this week. Uh, did you know Survivor Series is on Saturday like, this week? By oh, the way, I had no and idea. That, and, <laughs> and that's what sparked my hypothetical. Because you text me, you're like, do you know that Survivor Series was this weekend? I'm like, no. This I is didn't. the worst built pay-per-view of all time. Well, and there we go. And But here's the thing. And I complained about this earlier in the year. I, I said, yeah, I'm not sure I care about SummerSlam that much. You know, and that hurt me because I always care about the big four. Then I started thinking, I'm like, I definitely don't care about Survivor Series this year. Survivor Series this year. I mean, holy fuck, they announced the uh, they announced the teams on fucking Twitter. Yeah, like who? No build at all. And now they're still they're still shimmying. They took they they changed the teams again tonight on Raw. So here here here's my thing. I started thinking back. Not only do I not give a fuck about Survivor Series, I have to admit it. I don't think I've really been excited about spreadsheets in several years mm-hmm. so here's what i want to briefly talk about today 
is it time to hang it up or can we salvage the Survivor Series? Like, are we hanging on to this thing because it's been going on for, 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 for 34 years? Are we hanging on this thing because it's tradition? It's, the, it's not even the Thanksgiving tradition anymore. It's just a tradition. It's part of the big force. We don't let go of it. Like, is that the only reason we're hanging on? Or is it salvageable? Can like, do we do we let this thing die or can we save it? And how do we save it? I already know one thing you're going to say. So I'm going to beat you to the punch. We got to stop this robbers to SmackDown bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of that. That needs to go. That story is old, passe, done. Fucking stop it. Well, it's because, like, I, you um, don't even know who's on what brand anymore. Yeah. Other than that, how, how do we save Survivor Series? Okay. Um, I think that you can still keep Survivor Series because, like, there's still going to be a pay-per-view there no matter what. So you keep the name because it's got the history to it. You might get the nostalgia, you know, oh, Survivor Series. Yeah, let's check it out. I think it's safe to say Survivor Series hasn't felt like the big four pay-per-view in about 15 years. Yeah. They really dropped the ball. I like what they were doing um, around 05 or 06 or 07. I don't know, whatever the year. Whatever the year was when DX teamed up with the Hardys and CM Punk. I like how they would have Survivor yeah, Series. 05, yeah, yeah, somewhere between 05 and 07. I like how they would... Um, two Survivor Series matches that would incorporate all the brands teaming together instead of fighting each other. Yeah, like, yeah. So I, I think you can do that, but I think it just comes down to storytelling. You know? Thank you. And that's where I was going to go with this. Yes. Like I used to love back in the day when, when you would see, you know, the big boss man captaining a team with Bad News Brown, the Honky Tonk Man, and Rick Martel, and they yeah. would be cutting promos together every week. There'd be exactly. detention. Can Bad News Brown coexist with people? Like, like there's a way to tell these stories, but it, you know, and I don't want to WWE bash because it's it's not the it's like the common thing to do. But I just yeah. haven't been impressed with their storytelling lately. There's, hey man, I I'm always good for for for, for, for calling the spade a spade and giving credit where credits due. And I usually give credit for their pay per views because as much as as much as I can't stomach mm-hmm. their their um weekly television product i usually like their pay-per-views yeah take a look um, at the last few right money in the bank the, was a home the run only, SummerSlam the was a home reason, run saudi was a home run the only reason i can't i can't get through them is because the guns got off oh, the fucking camera fucking seasick man if it wasn't for that like the actual booking and the actual storytelling is really fucking and the in-ring work is really fucking good however you need build. You need to go in with a story. You can't rely on uh, on pay per views alone. No, unless it's WrestleMania. You, to, WrestleMania and Royal Rumble story. are the only two pay per views you can do that with. They will sell out no that, matter what. But even that, I want a fucking story. I want a build. I want. I want to be invested. Oh yeah, I'm with you. I think and that's I'm it. not invested whatsoever in this fucking Survivor Series. Nor have I been for years because it's always the same story they fucking tell. I, I want to go back and just like you said, I want to go back to here's what I want to do. They not like the late 80s, early 90s, where it was all Survivor Series matches, but like the late 90s, where you had like two Survivor Series matches, a couple singles matches, a tag match, a Survivor Series match, and you close with the Survivor Series match. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I like, like that. that here's what I like. like I, want, I want to do a like, Okay, here's a couple teams we just threw together and see if they, and, and see if they can coexist. A bunch of heels and a bunch of faces. Fine, open the shit with that. Blah blah blah. Build it all to the main event where the main event is that big story. Your Eric Bischoff versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they had to create these teams. You know what I mean? That's build it all to this big story at the end. But then you have your other teams be like, hey. I'm captain so-and-so and I I handpicked these wrestlers behind me to come and, and do this thing. I, I, I want the hearts versus, you know, HBK and the Kings again. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of shit I want. Well, and you know what though? And even if they are going to stick with this raw versus SmackDown format, how about you establish two different brands? You know what I mean? Like the, the one a few years ago in LA, the, the one that had Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey on it had a great build to it. Because, you know, mm-hmm. SmackDown was separate from Raw for a while. 
and they came over and beat the shit out of everybody on Raw. Becky had the bloody face. Like, I was pumped up for that Survivor Series. It was really good. You know? Yep. Make the brand feel different. From an in-ring standpoint, it's going to be a great pay-per-view. I don't even know who's on the Survivor Series team right now. It's I think Bobby Lashley. They added Austin Theory on this week. I, I don't know who the other people are, but all the matches are going to be awesome. You're going to get Shinsuke Nakamura against Damian Priest, which is going to be great. You're going to get Biggie and Roman, which is going to be great. Uh, you're going to get the RK Bro versus um, who the fuck are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions? I don't even know. Mm. I couldn't even yeah, tell Biggie, you. Biggie, Biggie and Roman, I like. Um, but I got to say, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea that I, I'm hearing now, because I, I haven't watched, of um, apparently uh, Kevin Owens turned heel on Biggie. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to get involved in this uh, in this match with Roman or not. But but that's the thing; it should be like Kevin. It should be Kevin Owens against Big E. That's what they built towards. Like, there's, I don't know. It just, it's it's just a, a, a cold pay per view. You know what I mean? I I almost didn't mind this when they used to do the uh, what was it, Night of Champions. You know, because yeah, at least that pay per view kind of made sense. But then they they, they just took Night of Champions idea format had it but fuck the survivor series format and then they had it a weird friggin' redneck kid and that's what we get now um i i i say in the next two years if they can't figure it out i hate to say it but let it die i mean i would do keep so, the name do something do something I, new i would keep the name because if not like right now this pay-per-view doesn't feel any different than great balls of fire or whatever okay, you then, know what i mean here's like, what i propose and here's what i propose keep the name survivor series but completely reformat it no more survivor series the way we know it you want to you want a survivor let's have a let's have a solo survivor every year let's do a let's do a full one night tournament every year on survivor series yeah, I I love tournaments. And then and then and then the winner, the way they used to do with the King of the Ring, you know, where like way back in the day when the full tournament was in one night, have have the tournament, and then you know your 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 claim claim to fame at the end of the night, your title is you are the two thousand and whatever solo survivor or sole survivor. Yeah, you know, sign me up for tournaments, man. I love Survivor yeah. Series 98's tournament. I know a lot of people shit on it. I thought it was really well booked. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you think, man? You want to hear my Survivor Series list? Take you back to happier times on the pay-per-view? Well, that's it. If we're going to talk about Survivor Series, I want to talk about some good Survivor Series. So I, I know you got some good shit. Yeah, I've got a couple here that uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. I think I got a couple that you're going to be like, huh, that's pretty smart. And uh, yeah, so we're doing top seven Survivor Series debuts. I'm going to go right ahead and say that I did not put Scott Steiner on this list because it's okay, not I, a I debut. He was in the company already. He did. He didn't come back with a different name. Like, but here, here's the thing, and, and I'm fine with that. that. If that was your criteria, that's your criteria. I'm down with it. However, if you would have put him on the list, I wouldn't have been mad at you. Here's the thing: everybody has worked. Like there's so many people who have worked that you even forget who has worked, and then they come back and it's a debut, or they debut as a different character. Mm-hmm. I I find the big Papa Pump character to be very very different than the um, all American tag team champion character. Yeah, yeah, they are different. You know, but... you, you know what I mean. So when he came when he came back, yes, it was a return, but they didn't treat it like a return. They didn't treat it like. Scott Scott Steiner is back in the WWE. No, they they treated it as WCW. Scott Steiner has debuted in WWE. Yeah, but they That's still it. mentioned his history and like being well, a former they, tag team yeah, champion they, they and stuff. Of course, uh, like to me, it just reminds me of like superstar Billy Graham. You know, right. um, superstar Billy Graham used to have long blonde hair and be a big muscle guy, and then he you know got what? hurt, and then he came back, and he had the Scott Steiner coat. You know what I mean? It's the same shit. You know what? I'm going to give this to you because you're right because I don't count Hollywood Hogan coming in as a debut. I count that as a return. So It is a return to the company. As far as I know, this is the uh, debut, at least from an in-ring standpoint as well, of every single person on this list with the WWE. 
Um, okay. You might you might be able to fight me on my number six, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say fuck it. But uh, sure. let's start with my number seven, man. My number seven, I am taking and oh sorry, and my criteria for this list also. Yeah. Um, this is not going to be uh, the lasting impression of the debuts. It's going to be the what I felt was the effectiveness of the debut, how they how they were presented in their debut. Because if in you're gonna the, so the actual debut, the no actual debut itself. Afterwards, so it doesn't matter what happened the day after or the next ten years. Yeah, it's how they handled the actual debut. Okay, yeah, good. Because if if you're doing how it was the next ten years, then Rock is number one. Taker, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it's just it's too easy, you know. So yeah. I'm going with just the actual moment itself. And that's why my number seven is this instead of another uh, option, which I'll tell you in the in the honorable mentions. My number seven, we're going to 1996. Madison okay. Square Garden. Yeah. Doug Furness and Philip LaFont. Okay. I am so with you right now. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I've always been a massive fan of Furness and LaFont. Me too. I, I, I love them. I think they were a great team. I think they're both great, um, very underrated wrestlers. I forgot that they debuted on that pay-per-view. So uh, I, you got me, dude. I'm with you on this one. Man, they, uh, re, re, remind me of that night, though. So they teamed up with the Godwins to face Owen Hart and the Bulldog and the New Rockers. And they okay. put these guys over strong. They yeah. both survived the match. They pinned the tag team champions in it. Um, Marty Jannetty got hurt in the match halfway through, which kind of hurt a little bit, but these guys were hitting huge moves. The whole matches, big suplexes, uh, a top rope reverse suplex on, on leaf Cassidy. Like this was just a great way to debut a tag team, Absolutely. uh, you know, and, and if, if we were doing the aftermath of it, these guys would not make my list at all because they did absolutely nothing with these guys after yeah, and it's too bad because these guys are ass kicking machine. Go watch their all Japan pro wrestling stuff if you if you don't know anything about them. Them and the Bulldogs right. rip it down all the time. They had a great series of matches in there. Number seven, Doug I, Furness and Phil Levant. I gotta tell you a really quick, really uh, 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 a story that makes, always makes me style smile about Doug Furness. Um, it's a sad story, but it still makes me smile because it's funny. Uh, the day that Doug Furness passed away, I got a text from my buddy Ray, hopefully a listener of the show, um, and he had texted me saying that, that Doug Furness had died. <laughs> Thing is, Ray and I have a buddy named Doug, and his text message autocorrected to say Doug's Furnace died. So I'm sitting here going, Doug's Furnace died. Fuck, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm, shit. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything about fixing furnaces. I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm like, why are you telling me this? He's like, oh, I, I thought you were a big fan. Like, I, I thought you really, I thought you were a big fan. I thought you'd care. I'm like, I really don't like, no offense. I don't want that to sound like an asshole, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? You thought it was a fan of who Doug? He's like, yeah, I thought you really <laughs> liked him. <laughs> I'm just like, why like like i i like doug but not like he's not a, like my, my my best friend and he's like what the fuck are you talking about so finally he calls me and he says you know what i'm talking about like furnace on the phone i'm like what doug furnace died i'm like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> that's actually really funny yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I'll give a shout out to uh, to our friends over at um, Cafe de Rene, Rene Dupree, and our friend James's podcast. They just had Phil Lafon on it a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's awesome! I'll, yeah, so I'll, I'll have to uh, uh, listen to that. Yeah, I'm I'm about a week behind on all my podcasts, so I'm I'm getting there, James. Love you, buddy. Um, number six. Now here's where I think a lot of people are going to kind of be controversial towards me, but again, I'm not looking at the legacy that is left behind after these debuts. I'm looking at the moments themselves and I'm taking us to the debut of the three eyes, intensity, integrity, and intelligence. We're talking about Kurt Angle. Where's why wouldn't this be on your list? Why is this? I think people would think that it should be like maybe in the top three or four because it's Kurt Angle. I'm 
I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and wait to hear what your next five are. Yeah. Before, before I make that decision. Um, I personally feel that I would probably put it in my number three spot. Okay. But I don't know the rest of your list. I'm going to, I'm going to, let's, let's return to this later. Tell me, tell me about it now, but let's return to it later and I'll tell you whether or not uh, I think it's in the right spot. I'm not ready to say you're wrong yet. Mm-hmm. So the reason why too, is I don't know if you would count this as his real debut or not. Cause I know he did something on Sunday night heat. I don't cause it. I don't count that. Yeah. So this was the buildup. They did all the vignettes, which I thought were fantastic. You know, yeah. I'm an Olympic gold medalist, blah, 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 blah. And I love the backstory behind his debut with him and Vince McMahon, where Vince is like, you're going to be the biggest heel that we have. And Kurt's like, Vince, nobody is going to boo me. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. Like, and he's like, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And he didn't get it. And then, you know, in the middle of the match, when he grabbed that microphone and was like, I am your hero. And they, they just booed him out of the building. Was, he had yeah. that, oh shit moment. Right. But, the you know, three, the three eyes were so ingenious. Yeah. I love this Kurt uh, Angle character. It's my favorite Kurt Angle. Oh, absolutely. It, it, I, I love the three eyes so much. And then, you know, later on even the stuff he did when he brought his brother eric in and uh you know i love that part of her angle yeah i agree you know and the match was great it was a good match but you know the match didn't it wasn't like a five-star class or anything like that it was a good match showcase kurt angle perfect debut and it gets my number six spot because of it good enough all right let's move on to number five here we're going back to madison square garden we're going to the year 2002. It is not Scott Steiner. I did say he would not be on the list. <laughs> it is the debut of the Elimination Chamber. All right. You swerved me. Um, I love it. I love it. Uh, I love this match. This is a great match with Shawn Michaels' um, love, ultra boy Shawn, haircut love, and brown pants. I love, love Shawn's poopy pants. Yeah, the poopy pants and the, and the weird haircut he had. The bomb haircut. But take a look at the talent in this match. I right? love this match. Yeah. This is, man, if we did and we will do a top seven elimination chamber match list one day, it'll be difficult, but it'll be difficult not to put this number one just. It would be in my top two. It wouldn't be my number one. They're hands down to me. The best elimination match of all time is that New Year's resolution. Oh, say, oh, you piece of shit. Sorry, okay. But I've said this. On, I've say, said this on our show before. Day. Well, I've said this on our show before. Okay. Um, um, it's definitely in my top three, if not my number one. I love this match. Me too. All right. Go, go for it, man. Well, you know, and I'm going to be a hypocrite for a second here. Like I'm not, I'm not counting this as to why this is on my list, but just the match that these guys delivered made this to be a staple in the WWE to this day. And that couldn't have happened without the build that the chamber had, the respect of the talent showed it. Right. So it didn't affect where my ranking was. If the first one isn't a success, you don't get many more. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, (laughs) Unless it's a Punjabi prison match. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, But, 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 but listen, Usually, when you have a great match, the first one that sometimes happens in October of 1997 is the greatest match of all time. You bastard, Anthony. <laughs> if, you have, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back two weeks and you'll know. Yeah, or check out the Classic Match Classroom when we talk about uh, Hell in a Cell, Undertaker versus... Uh, either way, different show, different time. I, I love the way that they presented the Elimination Chamber. They did those like little vignettes of, you know, one million feet of chain, one, yes. you know what I mean? Two tons of yes. steel. Like I love those vignettes. But I love that they never showed what the chamber looked like until they lowered it. Exactly. Which and and, the, and, and, the, and they have the lights and the the oh, visual, man, the visual yeah. standpoint of it, it looks fantastic. You know that that hurts, which you know well, it's, that, it sucks for the talent, but here's the thing too. I'm all for, I'm not one of those guys going, oh, I fucking hate the chamber now because they changed the, the flooring and it's safer now. Oh, fuck safety. You know, I'm not like that, but <laughs> again, call state is paid, call, call the truth the truth. It looks so much better before. They well, got oh, yeah, a million percent. chamber. And if you, debuted, so cool. if you debuted the chamber that they use now, 
back then, I don't think people would have taken it as serious because those loud, no. great noises and those chains like yeah. really, really added to the credibility no, same, of the chamber. Same right? thing can be said about Hell in the Cell. You debut that red fucking book oh. crate of, of Hell in the Cell, like it's not getting over. No, no, absolutely not. You know, the build was great. The match was a home run. The talent involved in it. You got RVD, Booker T, Kane, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho. Like that's a who's who. They're all Hall of Famers. You know what I yep. mean? Like, yeah. Uh, great match. A Triple H gets his larynx broken in the match and still goes for like 30 minutes, which is crazy. Like mm-hmm. great match, great debut. And even though the last thing effect of it does not rank on my list, got to respect the fact that it's still going to this day. And it's Sean winning his one and only world championship. Yeah, since his, uh, you know, he, he comes back wins. People forget about that too. His second run in WWE is quite possibly his greatest run in WWE. Yeah. He was only champion once. Yep, for a month. Yeah. He, you know, it, it proves that Shawn Michaels did not need a strap to be the best in the world. No. No, once you he know? dropped his uh, dickhead attitude and uh, fart jokes yeah. from uh, 1997, where DX was the worst thing on the planet. I don't care, Rob. I hear your <laughs> messages. I don't care. 1997 DX sucks. It sucks it. See what I did there? Yeah, see, I see that? Did that? Fired up now. Well, let's talk about a year before that now, 1996. Going back to Madison Square Garden, old pineapple head talking about The Rock. All right. I, dude, I love the Elimination Chamber so much. I'd probably flip these, but okay. I went back and forth on it. Um, I just, I really liked this debut. I thought they presented The Rock as a future star. And and a lot of people are probably groaning right now, going, oh, but I hate The Rock. You might be a character. Sure. uh, So did I. But we're I didn't not, that night. Yeah, we're not talking about what they did with it after until he joined yeah. the nation and became The Rock. We're talking about was, his debut. That, you know, JR put him over so fucking amazingly that night. He was the yeah. blue chipper. He and was, you Sonny know. Sonny, too. Yeah. Sonny's talking about how hot he is, which she was the hottest thing in the world at that time period. I know that sounds the silly most, to say, but but her putting over him. The downloaded woman on the planet. Mm. That woman got more clicks on AOL than than, than Pamela Anderson did. Yeah, and if Cindy you, Margolis. And if, and if you are a man in between the ages of 35 and 50, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. One million percent. I love Cindy. Oh, my God. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> you mentioned Jim Ross. I love the line when, when Rock's making his entrance, and he's like, that's going to be the man right there. Like, it just, they really put him over. What a great match! I, too. I do, I do want to punch whoever made his ring outfit in the dick. I do. Yeah, but, yeah, that was a but, weird, weird you know, outfit. Um, he it shows how good he was. He fucking overcame. He he made his debut literally. with that piece of shit and with that fucking haircut, and he overcame. Well, and take a look at the talent in this match too, right? So you got Marrow teaming up with um, The Rock, with Barry Windham. And with Jake the Snake Roberts, right? Was it four? I think it was only I four so, of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they fought um, Jerry Lawler, Triple H, Crush, and Gold Dust. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a lot of talent there, and you know that's it came down Again, came down to the Rock. Right the Rock at the end with Crush and Gold Dust, and he went over yeah. both of them, and they they got his finish over, which was a lame shoulder breaker, but he got it's over with the crowd. When you walk out of Madison Square Garden as a baby face like that, and people are cheering you and chanting your name, that's a fucking win, man. That's a tough crowd in there. Now they didn't cheer between, him when he came between, back, but between Shawn Michaels and The Rock, do you do you think that it's fair to say that Survivor Series is the birthplace of the worst haircuts of all time? Yeah, I would say it's up there for sure. <laughs> I, I would say it's up there for sure. Uh, except for when Edge came back with his beard, that was pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, let's move on here. Let's we're in the top three now, and uh, the top three involved three men. I'm going to 2012 with the Shield. Okay. Yeah. I thought this was a great debut, um, especially to take, my yeah. yeah, especially to take a bunch of guys that you know. Unless you're watching NXT or you're a Ring of Honor fan or a fan of the Indies, you don't. Well, first of all, I don't think anybody knew who Roman Reigns was. Like, if you're not watching no. FCW, I I knew who John Moxley was. I didn't. I knew I knew who he was because of this buzz with the Foley feud. And I I and I wasn't a massive CGW fan at the time, but I knew CGW. Like I watched some CGW mostly because of Danny. So I knew who John Moxley was. I obviously knew who Tyler Black was. Mm-hmm. 
you know what I mean? But I'd never heard of Roman Reigns in my life. And what a way to and, debut these guys, right? And I and, and, and you know, you're you're gonna laugh at me. Um and I think a lot of people are in my camp, they just won't admit it. At this point in time, I flat out said, give it time, Roman Reigns is going to be the biggest thing in this company. Really, eh? Yes, because by the next Survivor Series, isn't uh, you know, look what they did with him. Oh yeah, isn't that, you know what I mean? Like, like he was like when he was in the Shield, and I'm not gonna lie, I joined the bandwagon as soon as the Shield broke up. I wasn't the Roman fan anymore. I didn't like the, what what they were doing with him. I didn't like his character. It's not his fault. You know, this is where the suffering and suck at that shit started. And, yeah, you know, I fell, I, fell, I fell off the bandwagon, but. A lot of people won't admit that they said that he was the fucking future in the beginning. I guarantee a lot of people saw something big in him in the shield. All three. I remember saying all three guys are going to be the future of this uh, of this business. And how right was that? You know, he you've almost wasn't John, in there, eh? You've got John Moxley, arguably the mo- the hottest commodity in the world. Everybody wants him. You got you got Seth Rollins, who is going to be a WWE lifer and is going to be the biggest company man since Triple H. And I'm not saying that as an insult. Yeah. I, you know what? A lot of people okay. shit on Seth, but I, I like people that stand up for their company and fire back. He is, he is the biggest company man since Triple H. And I mean that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. And then you have Roman Reigns, who is the face of the company, no matter what people want to fucking say. Yeah. So, you know, one of the greatest factions of all time. Absolutely. Better than DX. Absolutely. Um, do you know that Roman almost wasn't, almost didn't make the cut? Oh yeah, it was originally uh, well, a lot of a lot Mark, of people were Mark Mark Jindrak. Oh <laughs> yeah, he was in the vignettes. Um, <laughs> no, a lot of people were pushing for Chris Hero to get that spot over. Uh, I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, over that, and I think Punk was one of those guys. But you know, you have mm-hmm. these guys debut in the main event of Survivor Series. I believe the match was Punk, Cena, and Ryback triple threat match. And this one, Ryback yeah. was really big too, right? Yeah. Like Ryback was super over at this time period. They uh-huh. lay out Ryback and help Punk win the belt. I, I thought it was fantastic, and and you know it it worked. Uh, I, I I I like that they put them in that spotlight right away. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And, and they were they fresh them, faces. They put them in the main event like stories right in the beginning. Then they had to tell the great stories. I, like Shield and the Wyatt family is one of my favorite stories ever told. Yeah, in the yeah. last two decades. Great, great you know? stuff they did. Yeah. All right. All right yeah. Um, let's see what your number two is because I want to know. I, I, I probably would have put this as my number two. So let's see what your number two is. Number two, going to 1990, The Undertaker. Wow. Okay. I'm really I'm racking my brain what your number one could be. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there in a minute. I love this debut. I goddamn right. I, this is one of the greatest debuts of all time, not just of Survivor Series, of all time. Um, now, I know that this is my number two, but I'm going to yeah. let you start talking about it because I know you want to talk about your boy here. Listen, I don't want to take it away from the Undertaker. I don't. I want to give him his credit. I want to give credit to him. I want to give credit to Ted DiBiase. I want to give credit to Vince McMahon for the character. I want to give credit to, 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 to the event. I do, but nobody deserves more credit for the success of this fucking debut than Rowdy Roddy Piper. Roddy got that motherfucker over so big that night. He don't so look big. like he's having a very good time. I love that line. I'm with you, oh, man. man. Rowdy love Piper it. was the MVP of The Undertaker's debut. Gorilla was Roddy, also awesome putting over Taker. People don't talk about Roddy's um, commentary work enough. No, it's it's grossly underrated. It could get a little bit annoying at times, but I really enjoyed Piper's commentary work in the nineties. And, and I know I'm biased because he is my favorite performer, not just wrestler, but my, my favorite performer of all time. So everything he did, I you know, I he is one of my favorite color commentators of all time. Yeah. He he can never be the best because Bobby Heenan existed. So yeah, you know, I'll, I'll never lie about that. But, you know, I do think that Roddy had the, I think, I think he's probably my favorite, no offense to the King, but he's my favorite wrestler turn 
commentator. Uh... And I know that's a heavy order. There's a lot of guys you can talk about. A lot of guys you can talk about. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to really um, think about that one. I think most people will go for the king, but I'm going to go for Roddy. A lot on of people. Would, a lot of people might give some love to the Macho Man there too. Macho and Piper were good I, together. I think a lot of people might give give some love to uh, to Jesse Ventura. Then. Oh yeah, I, I think Jesse would be my number one. But uh, but for me, it's Roddy. Um, I also say that Roddy that'd be a fun had, list to do one day. Roddy also had the best. Um, what's it called? Uh, 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 talk show segment. Yeah, Piper's 100%. You know, listen, I love me the funeral parlor. I love me the barbershop. You know, even even Carlito's Cabana was was good. And, the, and YPJ's, whatever, uh, whatever the fuck. There were some really great ones, but you'll never touch Piper's Pit. Is it bad that the funeral parlor is my second favorite one of all time? No, because it's mine. I love the funeral parlor. Scared yeah, the shit out of me. Not only was it so entertaining, but it had... Even more so than the Piper's Pit, it had the greatest moments. Well, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent did. You know, you know, and let's but, talk but, about. But we've got off topic here. Let's talk about the Undertaker. Yeah, I love the way they presented this mystery opponent. You know who, yeah. who and and that was it. And Ted came out. Take a look at this matchup here: Ted DiBiase teaming with the Honky Tonk Man, Greg Valentine, and the Undertaker versus Dusty Rhodes, the Heart Foundation, and Coco Beware. Is it crazy yeah. that The Undertaker is the only person not in the WWE Hall of Fame in that match? <laughs> right. Um, they put Taker over that. immediately, though. Uh, obviously, the entrance, which we talked about in detail there. Then he gets mm-hmm. in the ring, pins Coco Beware in about four seconds, like spikes him with the tombstone. And then I can't remember. I think Brett came in the ring and like punched him three times, and the Taker just turned and left. They didn't sell it at all. <laughs> Dusty yeah. Rhodes put Taker over strong here. Taker pinned Dusty Rhodes, which was huge. Was they huge. let him have a count out so he could save face and look strong in his debut. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the way that you put somebody over. And I also He's love the fact him. that The Undertaker thought that he was going to be the gobbledygooker. That's one of my favorite stories. He told that story on the Austin podcast, what, last year, I guess. Uh, that is so funny to me. And I love the story that... And, that, the, thing is, and the thing is, you know he would have done it. I was 100% he would have. You know what I mean? I love the story, too, like when he found out about being The Undertaker. Vince just called him. He's like, is this The Undertaker? Uh, is this The Undertaker? He's like, uh, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll be your fucking Undertaker. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I said uh, Seth Rollins is the biggest company man since Triple H. You might want to throw Taker's name in there. Yeah, Taker <laughs> might be the biggest again, company man of all time. And again, compliment. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about company pride. I'm not talking about kiss acid. Well, you know, you know, you're kind of giving me a segue into my number one. I am. Okay, guys, let's let's rip the bandaid up. I have no idea where you're going. Well, if the Undertaker is the biggest company man in WWF history, <laughs> the man was the biggest company. Um, oh my god! Supporter in WCW history. I don't think. I don't think this is. Sting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, no, I know it's Sting. And I was trying to think in my head whether or not this deserves to be your number one. But you know what? You're goddamn right it is. Because here's the thing. Nobody fucking saw it coming. If they would have vignetted it and like, and like teased it and shit, I'd say it would have to drop a couple. But the fact that you're sitting there watching, I remember sitting there watching that. And this is during my don't really care about Survivor Series anymore. And then fucking Spin shows up. Did you know he was coming? No. So I I saw on the dirt sheet that he might be debuting that night. I okay. picked up my phone and ordered the WWE Network on the spot. I didn't have it at this point. I ordered okay. it. And I was like, I'm watching this. No, nope. uh, I had I had no idea. Um, they, uh, I wasn't so into the dirt sheets at this point. Like, like I didn't. I gotten like I fell off the dirt sheets at this point. I, I did, just didn't fucking care enough at this point in time, and I wasn't watching every week and shit like that. But it was a big four, and I always watched the big four. So I ordered, and I I also didn't have the WWE Network. I ordered oh. Survivor Series on pay per view. I mean, the main so, event alone was worth the money. That was a great. Yes. Yeah. So I watched that pay per view, 
then that ending comes and the lights go down and you hear the bird and I'm like, no, fuck off, no. And then you see the man, man, and it's like, wow, yeah, what a moment, what you know, a fucking moment. Uh, I love. First of all, I love this match. It's one of my favorite Survivor Series matches of all time. It yep. might be the best survive, the best booked and laid out Survivor Series match of all time. They went like 50 minutes. They made Dolph yeah, Ziggler a superstar that. in this match. Um, I love that Sting came to right a wrong that was happening in the ring. Mm-hmm. But like you said, when that crow hit and the lights went down and he walked out, I, goosebumps, goosebump yeah. moment. The man that he, he's done everything in professional wrestling, been a world champion, the NWA, WCW, TNA, you know, uh, he's the biggest star that never came over. He's, he is an icon. He's one of the, one of the most iconic performers in the history of the business. And he made his WWF debut. Yeah. And, you know, and, and just seeing him in triple H face to face. Say what you want about the about the WrestleMania match. I know I a lot it. of people. I know a lot of people have a problem with that that match. Um, I don't care if you like it or didn't like it. That doesn't matter. The 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 moment at Survivor Series of Triple H, who nobody aside from the Undertaker has bled that company for as long as Triple H did and as hard as Triple H did. Triple H, I mean. Even if he wasn't married into the McMahon family, he'd be still be as close to as a, as a McMahon as you get. Hundred percent. Okay. So you have that man who is the WWE versus a man who had represented NWA and WCW for years. Not only that, you have the man representing the company that beat WCW face-to-face with the man who was on par with Goldberg and Hogan as the man during that era of, of, of the war. There, so it just it, it was a special moment. It really was. You know, at the, the beginning of 1998, there, him and Steve Austin were the two most popular people in professional wrestling. Yeah. It wasn't even yeah. close. And I would say that Sting maybe... At least in 97, for sure, Sting was the most over person in professional wrestling. Yeah, and the only, and the only uh, person that ever toppled him that was, was Goldberg. Sorry, I mean I meant to say 1997. Sting was the most yeah. over wrestling. Uh, I forgot that they had their terrible Starcade match in 97. Um, <laughs> Sting was the most over thing in wrestling in 1997. Yeah. Uh, not even close. And, and here he yeah, is. No, definitely. Here he is, you know. I, I thought ah, the debut I mean, was great. You're talking about single man, right? I'm talking about anything in wrestling. You're saying Sting was bigger than the NWO? Yeah, he was more popular. I'm saying most over. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because uh, who was selling the fucking t-shirts, sir? Oh, yeah. The NWO was the big money maker, but Sting... That's what I mean. But for as far as fan reaction went, Sting was the well, most fan over. reaction, yeah, because... You, well, that's because what I mean. Most, most over person. Because once those once those fucking lights hit, you, uh, of course you want to you want to cheer for the good guy to go and do his shit. But at the end of the day, NWO was the fucking that you know they were over because. Yeah, I'm talking about a different more. kind of over with Sting. Though. I'm talking about like crowd reaction, popularity. Sure. Sting okay. was the most sure. pop. the Sting was the most popular person in professional wrestling. You know, we'll go with that. Yes. I'll change my wording. Yes, yes. Don't tell Bret Hart this. No, well, Bret Hart was a heel in '97. <laughs> Yeah, but he still thinks he was the biggest hero in the world. So, well, I mean, maybe, maybe that that one night in Calgary, that I'll put that pop yeah. against anybody. <laughs> Ninety-seven Canadian Stampede, I'll put that pop against anybody's pop. Dude, this is a big sad story. Did you read the story that came out today that uh, uh, that Gerald Briscoe told on uh, something to wrestle? Which one? Bret Hart? No. So apparently they were doing it was the early '90s or mid '90s. And uh, they're doing a show out in Kuwait, I think. It was during the Kuwait War. Was this where Brett said he couldn't job to take her in front of these people? Yeah, he refused to job to take her. And they're like, why? Like, we're in fucking Kuwait. He's like, there's too many fans. He's like, what are you talking about? There's fans in every... He's like, yeah, but see all those guys? Those are Canadian soldiers. I'm not losing in front of them. I'm like, fuck you. I mean, a lot of people shit on Brett. Don't justify that. Listen, I'm not going to justify it because I think it's silly. 
I will just say that I do respect the fact that Bret Hart cared so much about preserving not. his character. He was just an egomaniac. I mean, everybody in this industry is. You have to be to succeed. No, not to that degree. Anyways, that's a side story. Yeah, um, I, yeah. you, you, are, you are, sir, 100% right. Um, I can't believe I didn't even think of this debut. Um, mostly because I was thinking of people making their wrestling debuts. So the two I didn't think of were this one and the Elimination Chamber. Um, but I'm so happy you put them both on. I think that um, this moment with Sting is in the top 10 Survivor Series moments of all time. Oh, absolutely. 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 Probably top five. But Top five, for sure. I do have a, a couple honorable moment. mentions. Um, one that I really wanted to put on the list just because it was so fun. You got to say the gobbledygooker. Yeah. Fun angle. Great for the kids. Yeah. One that I thought was going to make my list, but it, it just was terrible, was Jazz's debut. Okay. She debuted in 2001 in a six-woman yeah. match. They just, yeah, I remember it. Nothing great. I don't even know why it's an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, the last two I have, uh, the debut of the casket match in the WWE, Undertaker versus Kamala at 92. I know there have been other casket matches in wrestling before, but it was the WWE. Right. F-D. But didn't they didn't they have a trial one on like some? I mean, if if they did have there? a trial one, no, not not before this. This was the first no. one on any type of TV. If they did a trial okay. one, it would have been on a house show. So you Kurt Angle Heat debut, okay. like, same thing. And the sure. last one I have is the debut of the Nation of Domination. Yeah, man. Um, I at first was gonna be, I was gonna say that I was surprised this didn't make your list. However. After hearing your list, you couldn't. Yeah, the debut was very lackluster. It, it was your, just a lackluster debut. Perfect. I, I think I, I, think I nailed it. I hate these words, but uh, you, your list was perfect this week. I honestly don't know if, that I would change anything, except for maybe the Rock and um, the and Chamber. Chamber. Yeah, I, I went back and forth. I went back and forth on that for sure. Um, other than that, man. Uh, Going back to the Kurt Angle thing, he's in he's in the right spot. Number six is fine for him. I think so too. You know, yeah. and if if you um, want to talk lasting impression, then you move. Uh, I'd say Taker one, Rock two, Angle three, Shield four, Chamber five. Yeah, yeah. Sting and Furnace in the font would be six and seven. Sting doesn't even make a list. Yeah, you put the Gobbledygooker on over Sting. I, I would <laughs> honestly, I would have the Gobbledygooker on my list over Furnace in the font. <laughs> like, uh, and but but now nation domination make the list. Yeah, and, nation, and, yeah, and, they might and, bump and, the gooker. And, and, and well, they they, they bump furnace the fun. Yeah, but the gooker, I might put the gooker in that spot instead. Everyone yeah. still talks about the gobbly gooker to this day. It's man. true, they do. Hundred percent. Well, that's it. Hector uh, Guerrero, man. That's all I got for my list, man. Uh, Survivor Series this Saturday. Hopefully, you know, from an interview, like we said, it'll be good. Check it out. They always deliver on pay per view. Just uh, get your barf bag ready for the camera work. <laughs> now, I, uh, I'll let you be the, the judge on this. I thought we had another week till Survivor Series. I think a fucking pen blew up on me. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, we have another. I thought we had another week until Survivor Series. I was wrong. So my Survivor Series uh, list, I was preparing for next week. I'm going to be late on it after the pay-per-view. What do you think? Do I save that list for next year? Yeah, because I, I no, you, you you do the list. You do it. I think you should do yeah. a Survivor Series list this week. I have a great hypothetical for next week that I think will be fun. Actually, no, I'm going to change it because I want to do that for a list one day. Um, but yeah, I want to, because then we can talk about what happened at the Survivor Series. That's your Booker pen for Showtime Wrestling. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Mr. Booker, man. Yeah, I want you to do your list. Top seven opening okay. matches in Survivor Series history is what you're doing, yeah, right? You, doing, you put yeah. some work in on it. It's a fun list idea. I love it. Um, I want you to run with it because I, I want to hear your take and it gives an excuse to talk about Survivor Series. Very good. Cool. I'm down. And then, uh, yeah, right, we, got, we got our next couple uh, lists planned out after that and we're getting to the year end. We're doing it again. Two-parters, top seven moments of the year. That's going to be your turn to do it this year, this year, Mike. We're going to have seven different guests on. Hopefully, we're working on it. I love the year-end show. It's one of my favorites. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it as well. We're going to start working on it now. Yeah, but we got uh, we got time to get there. So uh, in the meantime, check out www.countedout7.com. 
Mm -hmm. uh, by the time this airs, I'm hoping we're going to just hit 200 subscribers on YouTube. Let's go. Ba -ba -ba Let's go. I want that. I want that tripled in, in by the end of in a year from now. Yeah, I I think we're we're on some good stuff. You know, the new yeah. year is coming. We're gonna probably start looking to bringing guests back on the show, interviews in the new year. Once mm -hmm. our schedules lighten up a little bit, they've been pretty hectic. So yeah. you know, thank you everyone for just uh, sticking around on the ride. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying what we're doing. And if you're not, fuck off. <laughs> no, don't. We need you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, yeah, Please come say, back. If if you don't, Tyler definitely doesn't have two words for you. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, and on behalf of those ham hocks, we've been counted out. Cheers. <laughs>